Welcome to season two of the Sober Experiment podcast with Alex and Lisa. Our podcast is for anyone and everyone, whether you're still drinking, thinking about ditching the booze, or you've already quit alcohol for good. Our podcast is raw and still unedited to this day. Join us and our guests for tears, emotion, and some hilarious laugh out loud moments. Season two is sponsored by Luna Holistics. Luna Holistics offers a wide range of professional home study courses, including counselling, life coaching, and NLP. They also offer courses in beauty therapy and for the most spiritual minded of you, they've got courses in tarot, palmistry, astrology and psychic development. So if you've been considering a new career or you want to learn just for fun, no matter where you are in the world, Lunar Holistics will enable you to gain a fully recognised, accredited and insurable qualification and no previous academic qualifications are required. Lunar courses are easy to follow and you can study from home at any time that suits you. We're really excited that Luna has offered to sponsor this season, as everything that they do aligns perfectly with our core values. I'm Alex, one half of the Sober Experiment. And I'm Lisa, the other half. Hi, Lisa. (laughs) Hi, Alex. (laughs) You always laugh when I say hi to you now. It's because we um, do the introduction as if we've just seen each other for the first time when actually we've been together for the whole day. So when you say hi, it feels dead abnormal to me. Well, it is a bit. <laughs> so we've just, we had a funny day today, haven't we? A busy, busy day. Busy, busy day. Yeah, we've like got two. Busy, busy, busy time ahead. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> sorry everybody like I think we are going a bit mad we've spent too much time together today but in this episode we are interviewing Lewis Harrington and Lewis um talks about his journey through mental health and also about his journey to sobriety and he's is it did he say 19 months sober now Lisa yeah so he's 19 months sober he's an ex-professional golf player um yeah, it was a really interesting conversation and we actually had quite a laugh on it. Yeah, they did take the mick out of my coffee drinking again. Yeah. I didn't hear what you said because um, the Zoom froze. <laughs> <laughs> the coffee drinking. Oh, yes, we touched on Alex's coffee drinking. No, 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 no. We didn't touch on Alex's coffee drinking. It's a big issue. It needs dealing with, as you as you will hear at the end of this podcast. But it is actually a real issue, you know, Alex. We do need to deal with this. Um, if anyone listens to this podcast, would you please comment as to whether you think my coffee problem is a problem or not? I'd like- well, Alex, you don't need people to tell you it's a problem. It's a problem. I want to know off everyone else and not off my biased best friend. <laughs> we hope you enjoy the episode (laughs) hi Lewis how are you I am really good I'm really good how are you yeah we're good aren't we Lisa yeah really good thanks I've just got back from working with Alex for the day so I've kind of shot in you know what I did on the way home because I've not organised the tea I've just had a chippy I know it's up with me. I'm sat here, like, feeling like... <laughs> I couldn't help Nothing it. wrong with that. It, it's okay to feel meh sometimes, don't worry. You did so well as well. We had such a healthy day, didn't we? And you know. sandwich and ruined it. Ruined it with a fatty chippy, never mind. <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, dead excited to have you on, Lewis, because we booked this in like what seemed, really, it seemed like ages ago, but it's actually come in really quick, hasn't it? It has come round quick. 
Absolutely. It's, um, it's a pleasure to be here. Absolute pleasure and uh, an honour. You see, it seems to be growing nicely. So, um, yeah, as you say, it has come around really, really quickly. At the time, you're thinking that's a, a long way in advance, but no, it has come around really quickly. So, pleasure to be here. Oh, we're really glad to have you. So, let's get straight into this. And if you don't mind, if you can tell us what brought you to the point of sobriety and how long have you been sober for? Okay, so that has been now. I, to, I know some people work in days, some people work in months. Um, to be honest, now it's gone to a point where I have to keep checking. It's gone um, to check how 19 and a half months. Um, so it was first, of, if that's right, if my maths is right, 1st of Jan 2019. Um, and what brought me to that was in the December of 2018. Um, we were on a golf trip in Spain and, um, I was, we had had, it was a boozy golf trip. So it was exactly the same as they always were over the years. And, um, a friend of mine, we sat in an Indian restaurant and a friend of mine, um, all of us in a, in a ridiculously hungover state, um, he had said that he seriously wanted to stop. Now, I know that conversation happens a lot in a hungover state that you're in the way that you're feeling. Um, this, exactly. <laughs> but this, um, this was a, this was a different conversation and some reason I still to this day can't fully understand, um, how, how it come about. However, um, he had mentioned that he wanted to seriously stop. Um, he was, everything was being held back because, um, he wanted to set business out. He wanted to just make the most of his life. And, uh, he felt this was holding him back. And, um, I didn't really have any intention to join him other than I said, if you do it, I'll do it. Um, to sort of give you a little support. Why not? Um, and within three months, um, it answered virtually every question I'd ever asked every struggle I'd ever had, um, every, uh, the lowest points I'd had through that, which I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll touch on, um, in, in a bit, but, um, very quickly, everything became, uh, quite clear and I haven't really, um, looked back since, uh, it's been a, a sort of tra a transformation of, yeah, I'm a, I'm a different person. So, um, Oh, that's amazing. You're a professional or were a professional golfer, is that right? Yes, yeah. So that was that was my life from, I guess, age 15, 16, um, and then turned professional at 18. And uh, I guess over the last, phased out over the last six years now, um, but had sort of over 10 years of professional playing and within the industry and that. So Does that generally yes. make you a professional drinker as well then? It goes with the territory, yeah, 100%. And we touched on this a few times, so I'm really fortunate. I've made some great connections in sports, my passion, and um, all sport. And I've made some great connections recently, uh, or certainly in this lockdown period, um, with fellow sports professionals uh, in football and cricket and, and other walks of life. And um, I say unfortunately, but it, it is certainly, it goes with the territory as a, uh, I've listened to a few of your conversations you've already had, which have been fantastic, and 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 they say the same thing. So, yes, but we we try and make a change to that. We we try and make a change in what we we uh, we try and do. Uh, certainly, you you two especially. 
Oh, and oh, you. Wait. I've been watching some of your videos. Um, to, oh, I forgot what I was going to say. That. I was going to say, I was going to say, I've been watching some of your videos and then I changed it because I was going to say today because I actually watched them today. But I think <laughs> what I was going to say, I was going to say something completely different. So when you stopped drinking then, you kind of more did that to support somebody than your own decision. Had alcohol been negatively affecting you where you was like, I'm going to have to stop or was it just just to help somebody else? And then you was like, oh my God, it, what a difference. Um, alcohol had negatively affected me my whole entire life. Um, and I chose amongst other people, I guess, um, as, well, with other people, we chose to... Um, I chose to try and fit in, fit it around my life. So as much as, um, for example, I'd been done drink driving um, and was in the lowest point ever, I chose to try and change the drink to fit in afterwards and drink slower and do this to fit in and, and nothing ever worked. So um, it was no uh, coincidence that another a year later I got done again. Um, so in answer to... <laughs> I always knew it was an issue, but in fairness, I wasn't prepared to do anything about it. Um, and in that supporting, which I'm thankful now in, in literally doing that. Yes. Okay. I think I can, I can do that. Um, and I, I tried it. I'm not knowing really what the, the future held in regards to, I, I do the 90 days, which I signed up to in the first place, mm. um, needed a challenge. And then very quickly, I was, I was able to, to, to work an awful lot out. And yeah, I, just after that 90 day period, I was able to correctly come off of antidepressants, which I've been taking for 10 years. And I had, I'd accepted that I was always going to take them. That was, that was part of my life. I, I had no problem with that. Um, but I was able to then really dive in properly, which needed to happen and, and backtrack and understand how things happened, why they happened, and, um, uh, and and hopefully then come out the other side of it, which I, I didn't realise it was as much of a problem as it probably was, to be honest. I think that's what's so interesting about what you're saying as well, that something we tell everybody is, you know, 30 days, our 30-day experiment's fantastic. In that 30 days, what you're really building is a mindset change and resilience but if you do 90, that is the point where you suddenly get your life. I don't know what it is about the 90-day mark, but for us, we felt the same. It's like, wow, I'm not as messed up as I thought I was. It's like, and even though I do still have anxiety or depression or suicidal thoughts or whatever it might be, I'm clearer. I'm not, you know, I'm not clouded all the time. I'm not numbed by it. Because I think feelings can be heightened both negatively and positively when you're sober. And we talk about this a lot, don't we, Lisa? We say uh, when you take out the alcohol, you know, you take out the numbing. Um, but yeah, I mean, do you want to talk to us a bit about your mental health journey? Because it is a big part of what you do, isn't it? Uh, yes, yeah, absolutely. So that, I, I go back again. I've, I've gone through some difficult times, I think, trying to, trying to piece together um, and have some answers as to why I felt like I did and um, what was sort of behind it, and if, if there was anything behind it. So I think going back to sort of probably the, I've probably first started struggling 
as much as no one else would ever know, um, probably second, early secondary school. Um, I was, I loved playing all sport and I had no problem there and um, was in all the teams and, and progressing um, in the sports side and academically I was doing okay. Um, managed to do okay in exams with not a huge amounts of, of pushing in that. But I would, I would struggle with, so uh, there was an early death in the family. So my, my granddad died towards the back end of that. And I really, really struggled um, for, for a long, long time. And, and still moments now to, to this day, sort of 15 years down the line, I'd struggle. And then there was another death in the family and I'd struggle with that. And we'd, we'd go away on holiday and I'd come back and I'd want to lock myself in the room for, for two weeks. And it wasn't just like the normal, like everyone, it was a holiday blues or whatever you'd have. It, this was like really deep and I, I couldn't quite fathom out. And I, you know, everyone would say it was just normal. It's fine. Get on with it. Um, but that gradually started to get worse. And as soon as then alcohol started to be involved, I think the highs were higher and then the lows were lower as we, as we, we know. And that was when I sort of came forward, I think, or a family member at the time sort of come forward and said, we've got to do something about this. Um, I would just go into self-destruct and go missing for days and um, uh, two drink driving offences because of, because of it. And, and the lows were that low that there was no other option at that point to, I didn't want to do it, but, sit down with a, with a GP and say something's not right. And, um, that's something I've sort of on a, go off on a, on another, on another sort of path in regards to what that service was like and how I went through that. But, um, I was diagnosed with antidepressants then. Um, and that sort of started to level things out as much as whether it did or it didn't, um, psychologically it was okay. But I always remember someone saying at that time, uh, to to be careful of the alcohol taking them, um, and I didn't. I, I didn't. I done. Uh, I was careful for a couple of days in regards to you'd have have one with it and think that's okay, but the binges came back quickly. Um, and and then I then a couple of years down the line, I stopped taking them, and that's when it then it all went pear shaped. So. Um, have, have, I, have I now fully got to, to grips with it in regards to, to what it was um, and, and how it was happening? And I'm, I'm a lot clearer on it and I'm a lot more accepting of, of it all now. Um, however, I mean, that obviously fuels me to do what I want to try and do now. Mm. Um, but it, it wasn't, it wasn't, pretty, it wasn't nice. It, it wasn't nice for, for a long time. And, I probably just did loads and loads of other things as much as I could uh, to externally show everyone that I was all right. But I, yeah, I was in a, I was in a bad way a lot, of, a lot of the time. A lot but of the time. Did family and friends have realised that you was in a bad way, or was it something that you did kind of keep to yourself and use drink to mask it and cover it up, so everyone was like, "Oh, it's fine." I think. I think early on they they started, started to, to understand it. But the, the difficulty I had was that my, my, my dad had a, his, own, his own business and um, it got successful quite quickly. And he had a, he had a nervous breakdown. Um, and hence, what they now live in Spain. 
um, and sort of upped and left, and that sort of threw everything up in the air um, from from our part. And what impact that had on me at the time, I didn't think any. Um, as I look back, I still don't think it potentially had that much of an impact, but it, it must have done somewhere along the line. Um, and my mum suffered as a result of that. And, uh, and then, yeah, that got a bit disjointed, which I probably rebelled against as some sort of, um, I'd say attention seeking way, but as they moved to Spain, I, I got worse. Um, and I guess in a way it was almost crying out for help as, as much as it, uh, as I look back, but it was very, it was selfish actions at the time that I was taking. I don't think we realise, do we, sometimes how much things do affect us when we're younger. I know myself, like, these things now, and I'm thinking to myself, like, I'm 40, I should be totally over that. But actually, looking back on it, um, we've spoke about this on the podcast a few times, but Alex and I are having tapping sessions. So by having these tapping sessions, EFT, it's taking me right back. So like last Friday, I was tapping on things that had affected me when I was like 12 years old. And I could feel it. I could feel the pain and the sadness. And I was like, it just really surprised me. So that's obviously always been there there and I've just suppressed it and pushed it down and then the more you drink you push it down so when you remove that drink you've got to find different ways to deal with it haven't you so how how did you find it how did you find your first 90 days of removing drink just uh, just on that front have you have you gone into um detail on that tapping tapping that you're doing previously I heard you mention it on the, on the previous one. It's really ironic that um, like 12 years ago, there was a, a guy who was out in Spain and he was a, he was a golf professional and um, he had gone to see this golf coach and that was one of the methods that he was trying to use um, as like psychological breakthrough that if he was under pressure or if he was getting to a point where something and we, we was, we annihilated him at the time. I look back yeah. now and thinking this is like revolutionary. This would have changed my own life. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, no, no. Fantastic. Sorry. I don't no, you know what you were saying, what you were saying about the tapping though there, when we first, particularly me, right, I am the most black and white person in terms of my th- train of thought that you've met. So like Lisa would be more willing to give these things a go a bit more open-minded and I was like, are you serious, Lisa? Doing this, tapping your head's going to help you. Don't be so ridiculous. And then she's saying, no, honestly, honestly, it will. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm sure I'm going to be. <laughs> I'll tapping on my hand. I really kind of, I, did, I would never mock the people, but I, I really did kind of internally, especially mock the actual idea of being able to tap things away. And I tell you what, stupid me. That's what I'm going to say, because now I'm... You want me to tap on that? <laughs> stupid me I'm t- honestly I have never I have terrible anxiety which you will also know from watching bits and pieces I still suffer with it now it's the only thing ever including medication that's brought me to a place where I can find calm immediately immediately that is, that is incredible just one quick question on that then Did, with the alcohol you go back if you were drinking would you have still had that same mindset of um, you know not or or not has did that change like now i'm i'm more open-minded to trying things now yeah 
um, than I was when, because for me, you see, the problem was with me, it's quite the opposite. I didn't know I had anxiety when I was drinking because the anxiety must have kept my state of mind because of the chemicals being kept depressed. It must have kept me fairly balanced. So I just thought I was a worrier. I just thought I was somebody who panicked. And when I got that panic and felt that stress, I'd have a drink. And that would calm me down. What I now know is actually it was depressing my nervous system and I was, wasn't developing the anxiety because of that. So actually, anxiety, yeah, whilst it's got worse, at least now I can manage it in a healthy way and I'm not numbing it out. Um, so, yeah. That, that was like, I, mean, I say I digress, you'd have, have to tell me the question again, but I think as you was going on the 90-day the, um, front, that's probably one of the biggest, the biggest changes from me. There's a... There's a book I read early on. So I was, oh, this is another change because I was never a book reader. I wanted to be, but I could never read books. And um, I now would class myself as a book reader. Uh-huh. Not, I don't read as fast as perhaps others, but... Um, not a speed I, No, but I, I enjoy the, the process of reading books. And uh, I think it was Mindset, the book was called, by Carol Dweck. Oh my goodness, it's the second time this week that this has been mentioned to us. I've actually read that book, by the way, but I didn't realise other people had. <laughs> no, <laughs> thought she made it just for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I read it because I was a teacher and in my job they said you need to teach your students how to have a growth mindset. Here's a book by Carol Dweck called Mindset. And so that I just thought that I was like one of the few that read it and that was it. Second person this week, second man as well this week. Wow. I read this book. Yeah, that's, that is um, that is the the big the one of the big things. The growth and growth and fixed mindset is that obviously being open to to anything. And and now it, it does start to be like that. And that's one of, I'd say one of the biggest changes for me um, within that that I am. I think it's because you cracked something that you because you cracked something that you would have never ever thought that you could have and everyone comes up to you and says there's, you know, well done, congratulations, fair play to you. There's no way I could do that. And I think everyone adopts that mindset of there's no way I can do it. And yeah. if you've cracked that, therefore the, the growth mindset open to anything, well, yeah, I can do that because I was one of them that believed I can't do that. So yeah, it's, it's interesting. Sorry, I've gone right off. What was the, uh, what was the original it's Western, all right, yeah. I don't mind. You go right off, I can't even remember. It weren't important. <laughs> was, it, was, it, was it not something about the ninth, the first 90 days? It, yeah, what the, I wanted to know really was, was there anything that you found challenging to begin with, with drinking, with not drinking? I don't know what's up with me today. I'm like tired. <laughs> We've had a busy day. Don't worry. And it's that, it's that fish and chips you've had as well. Oh, yeah. All those additives, that's what it is. The frame. Mm. didn't have fish. I just had chips and peas. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 uh, what was the struggles early on? The, the, the real struggles early on, um, a, a friend of mine, I failed to mention that, which is important, and he will be upset if I don't mention that. <laughs> two, two years prior, a friend of mine's um, mum had died. Um, young really to to cancer it was really really quick um and the local hospice here um he wanted to do some charity didn't want to run a marathon so he was a similar we were both a similar drinker um that he he stopped for 12 months for charity raised loads of money um and got through that so i had a little bit of when when we had that initial conversation in the december of 
okay, like if 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 he's done it, then I I, I can do that. Um, it's going to be tough, but I'm going to need to call on him, and I know he'll support me. I'll have a load of friends that will be the other way. That there's no way you're going to do that, you know, and and trying to trying to um, egg the other way, if you like. But he he had done that, and then talking of the books, he had given me um, he had read it. Annie Grace's book. Um, what, what's the name of that book now? This naked mind. The, that, exactly. Yeah, and he said, "Read this on day one." So January the first read this book and obviously I'm a, I am a non-book reader so right fair enough we'll 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 try this on day one so that's that pretty much took me 90 days to read that book um however chapter one or two I had almost brainwashed myself into into being the other side into right I've got to adopt this mindset that you know it's there's that's complete poise I'm not going to touch it really really go right into this that I don't need this and, and so on. So I would have said the first 90 days were all right. It, the, the, the struggles happened a bit later on for me. All right. Um, there, a couple, there was a, the first holiday, so that was late in the summer. That was, that was the worst time in the whole. So just because that was the height for alcohol for me. Yeah. That, was the, that was where alcohol... I was a, I was in control. That was a good, positive usage of alcohol. I thought at the time, um, where you dumped your bags off and you just went up and sat in the wherever it might be, the weather spoons, whatever at whatever hour it was. And to me at the time, it was incredible. Whatever I drank, a, a pint of lager, um, a pint of cider, it was amazing. So I I built this up to like be the if I can get through this, I'll do anything. And I struggled. I almost went into a massive panic attack, which I'd never experienced either. Um, me and my partner, uh, we had gone to, where was we going at that time? Uh, Mallorca. Um, and I'd sort of been introduced to alcohol-free beers. I knew that that would take the edge off if I could find one. And the first bar we went to didn't have any. And I'm like, I'm seriously struggling now. And I'm looking across and, there's pints of Peroni and I'm like, there's no way I can, I can't do this. I'm just going to have to have a drink and hopefully, you, you know, you won't tell anyone. It was that sort of um, uh, idea and I'm like, what is going on? And fortunately enough, I managed to find a, um, I can't remember what it was at the time, Brewdog Nanny State, I think it was alcohol-free, IPAA or something that someone said, we've got this down the bottom of the fridge. There was one that had there for, for 25 years it looked like and uh, I had two sips of that and I was alright and that was it I, I, was, I had done it really that was the one it's about the sure. holiday well, loved every minute of it yeah I was going to say because apart from the alcohol craving it sounds like the craving got in the way but once you got over that craving did you find a sober holiday was actually a really good experience in- incredible uh, yeah absolutely incredible and I I didn't struggle once. And my partner, she doesn't, I mean, her drinking's come down now anyway, um, but she doesn't really drink a huge amount. Um, but yeah, loved every minute of it. Not, not at one point really did I ever, I ever even contemplate it. Mm. It was weird. Went from panic attack to, to like that's overcome that one. And that's, that's me. That's me sort of done now. Um, however, I have an interesting question as well. <laughs> in the fact of I still 
I still am like never say never. Do I come back years down the line as a controlled alcohol drinker? Now, at the moment, the answer is no. But I don't want to just put that pressure on myself. How do you see yourselves in that bracket going forward? I'll never, ever touch yeah. drink again. And, and it wasn't as he, like, I knew actually quite early on, and I'm all or nothing anyway, but by the time I'd um, stopped drinking and then after I'd kind of started reading, like, the Annie Grace and, mm-hmm. you know, things like that, I knew, I thought, you know what, I'm going to, I don't think I want to drink again. Um, now and again, it, and I'd be lying if I said it didn't, cross my mind to think in the future well I couldn't know anyway we run the sober experiment (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean like me and Alex have laughed and said I wonder what everyone would do if we just went out and got absolutely pissed this is the the pissed experiment (laughs) (laughs) we have haven't we but I can honestly say there's nothing the the things that I feel that I've achieved on a on a personal level, from a business point of view, from my family business, my kids, my everything has just been everything good that has happened in my life. I've got to put down to sobriety. It's just amazing, and because of the education that we do around workplaces now and with rehab centres and schools, and because of everything we know, it's like once you see it, you can't unsee it. Mm-hmm. So it just wouldn't do anything for me now. So when people say, like, would you moderate or why don't you just have a couple of drinks, my answer is just, like, why? Like, yeah. why would I? What, what would it add? It wouldn't do anything for me. So I just can honestly say it's, it, it'll be a never. Yeah, never, yeah. I'm the same. I'm the same, I'm a never, and I surprise myself even saying that now when I hear the words coming out of my mouth, because honestly, we do joke that, you know, having, having a few red wines and like going out in the piss, and it is a joke, but yeah, again, I'd be lying if I said that it never crossed my mind, because of course I've sat there and thought, you know what, I wonder if, if I just had one or two, like, maybe I'd be all right, but the realistic side of me knows I wouldn't, because if I would have been, then I'd already be doing that, and I wouldn't be where I am now. I would never have stopped. And in honesty, we say this as well, and we say this as part of our presentations, we have absolutely no desire to drink now because life is so good. And don't get me wrong, <laughs> this is not perfection. Lisa's had all sorts of shit go on since she stopped drinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> shit go on and still have it going on. But we yeah. deal with it. This, it would add nothing of value to my life now. I, I think that's the, the... I think that is... The, the bits you said there is like really simple. Why, why would I? Is, the, is, now, is now all I say all the time. It's like, okay, I don't want to put ridiculous pressure on me for the next however long I live for, 30, 40, 50 years, whatever. Um, to say never say, it's like, whoa, no, I can't say that. Like, what, who knows what's going to happen? But the question all the time now um, to myself is why, why would I? And not only that, I now have the, the I have a daughter and two stepchildren um, who also would say the same thing. I only need to ask them, um, especially my daughter, who obviously has been with me throughout the whole journey. Um, she, she, as long I, I ask her now, I say, "What do you think should should?" I? And the answers the answers no. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? Considering you've gone from there being that person to here being this person. 
and it's quite clearly she prefers this person. I definitely prefer this person. Um, and that's like, yeah, there, there's, there, why would you? Why would you? Has it changed you as a parent, sobriety? Absolutely, 100%. Massively. Um, massively to the point where <laughs> I'm reading books on that as well. <laughs> <laughs> He's an avid oh, reader. You've gone from nothing to like an avid reader. <laughs> but when you said when you said there, you'd like you're all or nothing. I think it's now I look at things and think, okay, I'm I'm not overly happy with the way I'm being there because I can I know I'm confident I can make these changes. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a growth mindset and listen to other people and think, yeah, I really like that and I really like that and and try and then adapt that and use that into what I feel will benefit me and, and, and the children. Whereas before, I mean, I would be the complete other, other end of that scale. So I was, a, I was an angry person. I was, um, I would not really be fully in control of, of dealing. I was really irrational in regards to dealing with any situation. Um, probably wasn't a particularly nice person to be around most of the time. Um, and now I still have them moments and feelings of the anger or whatever. But however, I, I have the tools or I've, I've worked on the tools and techniques that will, that will, that will make things, that will make things an awful lot better. But I would have, no, to, to, to say that, well, what's it been? 19 months to say that two years ago would be ridiculous. It would honestly, it would be ridiculous, and to anyone else around me, really. So, um, yes, probably one of the biggest ones that I probably don't acknowledge enough, to be honest. It's nice to speak to um, a man about parenting because we don't often get that chance. And weirdly, this series that we've got this season, it seems to be lots and lots of male um, guests, doesn't it, Lisa? And yeah, I'm, which is good I'm for me. My mission. <laughs> I'm going to ask, make it my mission to ask them all about being parents because we don't do it enough. Like everyone assumes it's the mum's job, the woman's yeah. job. Yeah, and, and actually it's quite nice to hear from a man's perspective about being angry and grumpy and I'm, I'm, I'm interpreting this miserable. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I, I mean, I went on a, big, a huge learning curve that I've been with my partner now seven years and she's got two two boys as well so I now have two stepchildren that that was a, a real struggle early on and, and it still is a struggle at times mm-hmm. however the massive difference now is that I can have the harsh conversations um, with myself and as a as a family as to you know I'm, I, I am struggling with that situation how can we work it out rather than which happened early on I'll see you tomorrow at some point and I'll be throwing up at four o'clock in the morning in, uh, in the toilet. That sort of, um, which was a regular occurrence back in the back then. Um, and the kids kids laugh about it now, you know. So, um, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it's Step- hard. Parenting is hard. Step parenting is on another level. I think it's just it's just so difficult. It puts so much pressure on you, you as an individual, but on on your partner, you know, on your partner as well. It's just really, really difficult, isn't it? Absolutely. So it's good yeah, that, it is. Yeah, it's good that they see the difference. I wanted to pick up on something you said before about when you was on holiday and that craving and just, I suppose it's for people listening really, just to kind of 
point out or advise on it's so important to have a plan in them mm. situations isn't it or like a plan b because i've done that you know when you went um and you wanted a non-alcoholic beer and then they didn't have any it can just send you under you don't expect it do you so you're like what can i do so yeah it happened to important. you recently didn't it lisa it was, no, it was quite a while ago, actually. It was early into my sobriety and I was going to a hotel and I was so excited to kind of have the non-alcoholic beer. I just got it in my head that, right, I'm going to do that and then I'm going to go downstairs and I'll get a non-alcoholic beer and that'll be wonderful. And I got there and they didn't have it and I was like, what, what do you mean you ain't got it? Well, it <laughs> like, when you went to a meal though recently as well with another friend and you've... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it did. We'd gone on a, on a boozeless brunch. Like, <laughs> <Just laughs> good out in that for a sober person. And, you know bottomless, what? Bottomless, bottomless brunch it was. Yeah, a bottomless, oh yeah, not boozeless, bottomless brunch. You renamed it boozeless. Yeah, boozeless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's like I call cocktails mocktails all the time by accident. <laughs> but yeah, um, I'd rang up beforehand because obviously I wasn't drinking and I didn't want to make a big scene of it when I got there and I wanted to see if I could get a discount obviously <laughs> on my part so they was like yeah no worries we've got non-alcoholic beers in we'll be able to do some um, alcohol free cocktails then I had to tell them I was a vegan as well so that was awkward they were like who is this woman turning up she's going to be like <laughs> a really miserable one in the corner just like forget your discount don't come <laughs> yeah. yeah that's what they wanted to say Anyway, I got there and they said, they said, oh, I haven't got anything for you, non-alcoholic. And, I, and I, I was a bit mad. I did get a bit mad at that point because I was like, but I rang. I planned everything. Then they came over and they were like, the vegan dish. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's me too. It's Thank for the you. vegan who wants water in the corner. The plant. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> there was a question there somewhere, wasn't there, Lisa? I can't even remember now. The training on holiday and not having with the, the, with the with the planning with the planning. You're, yeah. I think, I think it is it, difficult. Again, you've got you've got to ask you've got to ask others on what I would. I mean, I went in that naive. I think I went in there to that completely naive thinking. Yeah, I bought these from the supermarket. I've been a couple of places. I like that one. I don't like that one. Um, and they must, there must be some there, surely. Um, however, then you, you, you quickly, again, you, I was committed. So you're quickly uh, f- uh, adopting or adapting, sorry, adapting to what other go-to drinks. But really, I should have had three or four that I know a go-to yeah. that I can just go, yeah. I can have a what was one one of the go tos was cranberry cranberry juice and tonic which yeah. I could have as a gin and tonic with load of ice no one would ask any questions with gin and tonic if you, if needs be think what you and yeah it was because um, one of my go to I say I've probably lost that a go to now is is coffee but not not too much I'm go to that but if you go to a, a some places and they go to coffee Alex yeah. <laughs> Not, not too much because that starts having an effect on on my body and heart rate and stuff as well now. But um, 
But yeah, you go there again and all you're too late and they said the coffee machine's turned off and it's the same situation. It's like, yeah. oh. so annoying. That's a, that's really annoying. Like, why you've not turned the beer pumps off. Why have you turned the coffee machine off? Absolutely. Okay, but, Alex, we've both worked behind bars and I used to think people were weird. <laughs> I used to hate that. We worked together, right, in Lisa's mum's pub when we were teenagers and they had this beautiful coffee machine and I, I'll be honest with you, I'm going to swear, I fucking hated it. <laughs> 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 I, I really hated it you had to clean it all out and put the, <laughs> the right amount of coffee in it really pissed me off when anyone ordered one I know <laughs> look how mad I am hold on a minute hold on hold on I'm tapping <laughs> no seriously it really made me mad this machine and Lisa's right I used to believe, like probably most people do, pubs are for drinking alcohol in. Why are you in a pub? Go to Costa! <laughs> Think that now, obviously, so I'm being like, you know, obscene now. You move from fixed, mind, fixed to growth mindset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, can you imagine now? I mean, you, I couldn't be any more different now. Now I massively value the coffee machine. I take back everything bad I ever felt. Yeah, but you have issues with coffee. And can we just, like, point out? Because I'm Look, trying to get out. my coffee issues yeah, again. We need to, yeah, but we need to address this coffee issue. Because like Lewis said, it has effects on your heart rate, palpitations. So when yeah. we started tapping, and I remember Jules quite clearly saying to Alex, like, you drink how many cups a day? Right. It was eight. <laughs> it was 18 cups, and I used to take one to bed. And then she wonders why she's got anxiety, now, Lewis. I am honestly wow. down, down to three to five a day now. I am. Oh, that's okay. That. Generally speaking, if I'm in company, I will drink more because I do it automatically. But generally speaking, I'm on no more than five a day now. And I certainly don't drink it at night, although I have just had one. Do you what I mean? Right. But you know what? I will accept something here. My heart was always 57. Oh, stop. No, it was. And I'm no, I'm a bit bigger, but you know. I'm no less fit, and it's always in the high 70s now. She's in denial. She, she's like, you know, before you stop drinking and you don't think you're a problem, and you said to people, oh, actually, I don't need to stop drinking because I don't have a problem. This is where Alex is with coffee. <laughs> oh, I've always been like that. Coffee doesn't affect me, she says. But then on the other hand, there's the look at her face on the anxiety. Right, moving swiftly from coffee. So, <laughs> look, it's a question that we always ask people. And it's like the worst time of our lifetime to ask this question. But um, what's your social life like now? <laughs> <laughs> you taking the piss? You're <laughs> <laughs> What would it like? Had, had you like to no. have <laughs> In fairness, there is a... Um, there is a, a good answer, actually, over this period in the fact that my social life is, ironically, is probably the yeah the best it is because the, my social life is on my terms. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did not realise, and I, this is these are the conversations again when you have with, with other people. Um, in that same situation that once you're in it, you don't, you don't realize that the relationships were, were definitely a lot of the time with the alcohol and not with the people. Yeah. Um, so it's almost like, and this, this lockdown period has 
proved that more than ever in the fact of you couldn't go and do that. So you very quickly realise the people you stay in contact with uh, and not only that, the people you want to stay in contact with and, and provide value just as you provide value back to them. So um, my social life is probably the, the best it ever has been um, in the fact that it doesn't revolve around um, the relationship with alcohol. That was the social life in, as I reflect back on it, if that makes sense. Oh, I think Lisa's frozen. Yeah, off skills like. You froze then, Lisa. Oh, sorry. What's um, your golf skills like? Are they better? Well, I came, I came out of that completely. So as a, after about 10, 10 years or so, that's a great question as well. Thanks for asking that. Because <laughs> I came out of it not enjoying it in the slightest. Um, couldn't, I wanted to be as far away from it as possible. Didn't want to have any conversations with anyone about it. Um, and any just literally washed my hands of it completely. Um, went and sold cars for a living. Ironically, I just applied for a load of jobs, sold cars with, um, Mercedes. It was, which at the time, which was like fantastic experience, really lucky to get that job. Um, and over the last six months, I guess I went back and started, I, I thought I'm locked down. We can't really do anything else. I, I will go and have a game of golf. And since then I have played, at least once a week throughout that whole time, which I haven't done for, even when I was playing full time for the back end of it, I was working in a pro shop and um, you didn't play a lot then and thoroughly enjoy, thoroughly enjoy it like I did when I was 15, 16. Oh, brilliant. Incredible, really. Um, That's I, that makes me happy, that. I didn't even put that down to being alcohol-free either <laughs> I, until this point, you've just asked that question when I go, yeah, it must just be because, you know, life's changed and I've had a four or five years out of it or four years or whatever it's been out of it and I see it a little bit differently. Um, but, yeah, that's I see it as I do everything else now. So I uh, that comes down to that as well. Brilliant. Isn't it good that, you know, with like when you give up alcohol, you either, this is what everybody we ever speak to says, they either get back into something they enjoyed or they find something new. And it seems, just from speaking to you for a little bit, that you're a reading golf player. <laughs> <laughs> reading golf, working on parenting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you put them, two, put them two boring things together. That's what people would say. You, you, you read books and whack a ball around a field. That's how his dad is a sober vegan. So listen, everybody, everyone who's listening, Lewis's new book on how to hit a ball will be out. <laughs> well, well, yeah, brilliant. If he can manage to control his kids, that is. <laughs> oh, you know what, though? Seriously, that is, I am kind of, obviously, I was joking then, but you know, to be able to find passion in something you enjoyed again and to be able to do something that you never thought you'd enjoy that I was giving you such benefits. It's so amazing, isn't it? I, I'm the same with like, music was my thing and I just for so long forgot that and it's slowly but surely creeping back into my life and I can actually feel myself wanting to take the piano back up again and thinking, geez, Alex, you've got no time to be playing the bleeding piano but <laughs> it's not happen. But, you know, like feel those things from my past igniting again and wanting to get back to them. You must do that also because they are 
they are one that I, I admire anyone that can can play the piano. That She's is so serious. talented, you know. Like it's a. Li- I don't think people know on our podcast this, do they? But <laughs> they don't. They don't. She can sing really, really well. She can. When when we were teenagers, I was always fascinated by it because we were always doing like rebellious stuff together, right? And then she had a massive organ in a kitchen. <laughs> like <laughs> this kitchen was. Stop a talking huge- about my organ. <laughs> <laughs> But, but she used to be able to play this organ like so beautifully. Then she played the clarinet. You played what? Flute. The flute. Did you not play the clarinet? No, oh, I played that one. Did <laughs> <laughs> I? <laughs> I fell off my chair then. Um, but yeah, you are really musically talented. It's been a long time. I think my dad, my um, dad was a professional musician, a semi-professional musician, and um, my, you probably don't know this unless you've read it. But my dad um, was an alcoholic, and he was sober for ten years before he died. He actually died eleven years ago. But he was a an absolutely brilliant man in terms of his. He was a brilliant man anyway. He was very clever, very intelligent, lovely man, and brilliant at music. And the last time I sang was when it was my um, birthday. I think it was my 30th birthday party. And I sang the Everly Brothers Dream with my dad. He played guitar and we sang a duet together. And after he died, I kind of refused to do it after that. But I've started doing it again. I've started singing again. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. That is, yeah. that's incredible. You, yeah, you, you must do that. I mean, there's, there's another industry though, isn't it? I mean, especially if you're, 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 Basking, performing in pubs, whatever. I mean, they're, they're the places you will perform, pubs, clubs, nightclubs, whatever it may be. There's another industry that's heavy, heavy geared round alcohol alongside it, isn't it? They go, they, they go together just as the sport world is, to, is the yeah. same. But yeah. um, well, you must him. do that. that. That's what took him because his hours were always evenings in clubs and he drank and that's what he did. And, you know, that's what, how he got slowly sucked into the addiction of alcohol, as you say, like many, many, many people in those kind of professions. But yeah, I mean, I can't, I'm not going to promise that you'll ever see me um, singing anywhere, but I'm doing it and I'm enjoying it and I'm doing it for myself. And yeah. Do you remember? I'll be following that. Sing Alex, sing for me. (laughs) Oh, I used to always make her sing when we were younger and she promised that she'd sing at my funeral, didn't you? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, but I've decided that I'm going before you now, so you might have to sing at mine. No, I won't. <laughs> no, no chance. I love you, Alex, but no. If <laughs> <laughs> <But, laughs> okay. I funeral, then you'd be well sad. <laughs> oh, don't. Stop talking about it. You know I'm all eat about death. <laughs> to work on. <laughs> right. So, anyway, moving on. Before we kind of wrap this up, Lewis, can you us about your coaching that you've started what you're doing there and like where people can find you because we'd love lots of people to come over and follow you on instagram thank you um yes that is at um at the sharing experience um i have a notebook here that um i wrote down all the things that i wanted to do on around that 90 day mark um being stuck in a job and unsure as to what to do but that obviously led me to do that and I wrote down um, a couple of bits the task was to help anyone else um, possible by using and sharing my own experiences 
sharing new experiences learned along the way that can benefit others. And again, two, three years before that, writing that sort of thing would have not been non-existent. And it was like, hang on a minute, how, how do I make this happen? How do I make that happen? I've written it down. What if it could happen? And I set the, um, the Instagram page up uh, to just start sharing my own experiences, how I was feeling, um, and then dug fully into um, everything I possibly could to try and provide that service. Um, so, yes, it's at the sharing experience um, where um, I'm providing a, on a one-to-one basis um, currently. Um, there are plans to, to change that. Um, going forward, but on a one-to-one basis where um, we'll just have a, a casual chat as we've just done there um, and see if we can can relate and, and then put some um, tools uh, and experiences and techniques that have helped me transform to where I am now um, and and hopefully that can make the difference um, to, to a few other people out there as well. Um, obviously, my background is is in the sport world, um, which I feel probably is where I will end up. I think that would be a, a ideally where I'd like to end up. But at the end of the day, I, I really um, see a massive, massive benefit and probably have found full purpose in myself in helping other people um, in, in any way, shape or form. So please, yeah, feel free at the sharing experience um, comment. There's some... Um, very amateur videos from from day one that you, you start to uh, to get a little bit better and a little more confident in um, in getting the message across. But um, the, the journey's on there. It was my way of documenting it, and um, and now we've got some some clients on board that are uh, that are very very um, kindly explaining the differences that are that are being made, which is which is incredible. Um, so yes, please please do please do. It is really incredible and I think it's lovely. I've not actually heard of anybody that is talking or directing their journey to people in sport and I suppose that's a really big thing. There's so many people that we hear about. Just on the news you see these old sports legend, um, legends drinking. It's like a it goes hand in hand, like you said before, doesn't it? So it's really nice that you can offer your journey. And I think the biggest help to anybody is when you share your own experiences. Um, and that's yeah, that's that's it. Um, that's where where, the, where I sort of I've tried to try to come from. I'm I'm learning all the time, and I will will be be putting in as much as I I can into providing as much value as I can. But the, the thing I've always found myself. Um, is that I can always relate to someone who's who's been there and someone who I can believe has been there and and um, and, and can tell me, you know, their their story, which um, I didn't think was possible. But I would I'm, I'm open and honest and, and to to put that out and uh, and do that. So um, as I say, I, I think it, yeah, channel that into the sport world um, and again to to narrow it down where I'd love to love to go into would be um the 18 19 20 year old version of myself um uh who has them dreams to 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 move on and just needs that little bit of um i guess educating on some of the things not to do and why not to do them and here's what happened to me and here's how that held me back sort of thing so any anything is as, as you both know now anything is possible anything is possible 
if you can get the right people around you and uh, and, and take the small steps um, consistently. It really is. Oh, oh thank really you is. so much, Lewis. It's been so lovely to meet you. It's been you, a but... pleasure. Absolute pleasure to. Let's we'll keep in touch as well. And I, yeah. I will be uh, I will be pushing. I'll be holding you accountable for the music. Um, you must <laughs> you must pursue that. She ain't got uh, time. No, no. <laughs> do you think she should get a piano though you definitely should do that Alex I might we'll see watch this space I'll see if I can fill it with a piano <laughs> no it's been an absolute pleasure thank you thank you for having me on um, keep up with what with what you're doing as well it's uh, it's, it's great to see inspirational we, really really good and really likewise good. we wish you absolutely all the best you definitely deserve it it's a lovely journey that you're sharing and we hope that people who follow us Hop over and follow you as well. Thanks again for coming on. Pleasure. Thank you very much. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye, ladies.